This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free the chains Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. We've had monsoon rains this past week, and uh, boy, it's real crisp and clear here. I love it. And um, although we have a lot of mosquitoes uh, around where we live right now, but <laughs> it's beautiful. And um, every day is a gift from God. And, you know, things are kind of tough right now and dark, but every day is a gift of God. And I was thanking for God. Thank you for good health. Just thank you for. The blessings and the life you've given me, my family, and being able to to do this radio show with you, and so I'm I'm grateful, and I'm grateful for those of you who've written and are listening, and and um, so I'll start this show out with a prayer request. October, pretty much for the month of October, I'm going to be in Europe, or I'm scheduled to be in Europe, and I say scheduled because. As long as um, COVID doesn't flare up again in the U.S to the point where the Europeans start saying no no Americans to the can come to Europe. Um, I will be there for the month of October. October 9th, we'll be leading a From Porn to Grace conference in North Wales, uh, running a, we'll have a booth at the Christian Resources ex- ex- Exhibition, October 12th to the 14th, and then I'll be giving a seminar on healing and freedom from Porn addiction. Then from there, I'll be going to Finland to visit our ministry partners there, and then on to Italy, where I'm leading a men's retreat, and then on to Germany, where I'll be meeting with our ministry partner there. So prayer is appreciated, especially that there's no hiccups with getting through customs with all these different. Each country has its own set of rules on who and who can come and who can't. So. Appreciate prayer for that. This is the, this trip's going to cost around fifteen thousand dollars. So if you want to support us in that, Blazing Grace is a nonprofit five hundred one c three. But as you know, who've been listening to this show, what we do when we go on these trips is we're opening up wide the topic of sexual sin in the church, porn addiction in the church, showing people what breaking free looks like. At the Christian Resources Exhibition, we'll have two booths, one with the Royal Christian and one for Blazing Grace. And the Royal Christian's about uh, moving people into biblical Christianity, into being, being a biblical church. So, for example, the church that was devoted to prayer, fellowship, and teaching of the Word, you know, challenging churches to go that way and challenging individuals to really live their lives in a way that counts for eternity. And 
So that's what that'll be about. And we will be giving away a lot of books for free. I don't go to these places to take. I go to these places to give and to pour out however as God gives me. So we appreciate your prayers and appreciate your prayer that um, the doors would stay open in spite of the turmoil that's going on with COVID these days. And so let's jump right in. Some of you have heard me talk about before where I'll hit some news articles and what I'm going to read to you now are some articles that just came out in the news just this last 10 days or so. So first off, Ohio megachurch parts ways with the pastor over claims of harshness and fear-based leadership. And we're seeing a consistent flow now of pastors leading church, leaving churches or churches evicting pastors over arrogance, harshness, domineering personalities, in essence, pride and arrogance. So that was from an Ohio megachurch. Next one, a lawsuit accuses former North Love youth pastor in Rockford, Illinois, of sex assault to a minor. A woman claims a former youth pastor sexually abused her when she was a teenager, according to a lawsuit filed in Winnebago County. The woman claims a youth pastor's former employers, North Love Baptist Church and the Independence Village of Rockford, had knowledge of the abuse and kept him on as an employee. Cover-up. And there is a constant flow and a constant theme of churches and denominations covering up sexual abuse and sexual sin in their midst. The great example is when the newspaper in Houston, Texas, just a couple years ago, came out with an expose where Baptist churches in that region in the South had covered up more than 700 cases of sexual abuse. And the Baptists own, own up to this, and they realize we got a big problem here, but cover-up comes from a spirit of arrogance and pride, and we don't, we don't want people thinking bad of our church, and you know our doctrine, our theology is enough, the way we, our liturgy is enough, and because if we face the fact that we have this much sexual sin and this much abuse going on in the church, then we have a serious problem, and we do have a serious problem. So next one, controversial Alabama preacher Kent Hoven arrested in a domestic assault case. An Alabama creationist preacher who recently sued the federal government for half a billion dollars was arrested in late July in a domestic assault case. An arrest warrant dated July 19th alleges that the Reverend Kent Hoven intentionally threw his estranged wife, Cindy Lincoln, to the ground, causing bodily harm. The same day the arrest was filed, Lincoln also filed a petition for a protective order against Hovind and county court in Alabama. And the petition alleges that one of Hovind's associates threatened Lincoln with a gun January of this year. So more abuse in the church, more physical assault in the church. One news article came out and, and also said, so this is another one I'm bringing out, this is the title, Church Leaders Encouraged to Tackle Rising Porn Use in Their Congregations. Rising porn use. It was already high before COVID with the numbers showing that two-thirds of men were viewing porn in the U.S. alone, 75% of U.K. men. So 
70% of our youth, 70 to 74% of our youth. So youth have a big, big problem with this. And then when COVID came along, it shot through the roof. <clears throat> so when I saw that headline, I'll be honest with you, what I thought, my first thought that came to my mind was, duh. We've been at this for 20 years with the numbers saying that the numbers have been as high and the sexual sin in, level of sexual sin in the church is getting higher and it's getting worse and it's, it's grabbing people, the teens, all the way up into the 70s and 80s. And I can validate that because that's what we see at the ministry with people who call us for help. Next article, Pennsylvania Bible College arms its own trustees with honorary doctorates. A Bible college in Pennsylvania has awarded honorary doctorates to its own trustees multiple times over the last few years. It's a practice discouraged by the state of Pennsylvania and by the college's accrediting agency. And now one of the recipients is styling himself doctor and launching his own seminary partnered with a church planning network. This is self-absorption, self-centeredness. This is more arrogance. Look at us. Look at our titles. Look at our letters. In the end, in the end, None of that makes a difference. In the end, what, what matters between us and God is our walk of holiness, our purity. Do we fear him? Do we love him with all our heart? And that, that article just reeks of arrogance. Next article, megachurch pastor resigns amid accusations. He raped his assistant in 2019. A pastor accused of raping his former secretary has resigned from an Alabama megachurch after the woman went public with her story. Mike Ong Carter and his wife April resigned from Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, the local media reported today. He had joined Church of the Highlands for ministerial restoration in 2019 after re- resigning from another megachurch in another state. This is, con- this is at every single level of the church. And what is God doing these days? He's showing us that the whole thing is corrupt. Now, when I say whole thing, I'm not. This is not a blanket statement that every person is struggling with this stuff. But he's showing us that from top to bottom, there is a lot of sexual sin in the camp. Next article: Former pastor at Florida megachurch charged with grooming and sexually molesting a young girl. The campus pastor of a Southern Baptist megachurch in Jacksonville, Florida, has been charged in jail for allegedly grooming and sexually molesting a girl from the time she was 12 until she was 17, every level at the church. I'm reading these articles, and these are all new and fresh because I want you to understand the sense of urgency here. We've never had a constant flow like this. Um, It used to be you'd read something like this once every, I don't know, a month. Now it's almost every day articles like this are coming out. Next, John Piper's successor resigns amid allegations of abusive leadership at Bethlehem Baptist. John Piper is the well-known pastor and author, the guy who runs Desiring God Ministries. I have a lot of respect for him when it comes to theologians. Piper is, is the A-list. He's, he's as good as it gets. Great pastor, great preacher, and then he retired from Bethlehem Baptist Several years ago, and the article continues, the successor to John Piper, John Piper's former church in Minneapolis, resigned in what appears to be a major shakeup at the church amid allegations of toxic and abusive leadership. Piper's successor, 
Jason Meyer is the fourth pastor to resign from Bethlehem in the past four months. This is a church of thousands with satellite satellite branches. And again, this theme of arrogance and pride keeps coming up at the high level of the church. And this next article just broke my heart. Wife of California megachurch pastor, mother of five, dies by suicide. Paige Hilkin took her life after suffering from mental health struggles. During the several, several months before Paige's death, her husband, Reverend Hilkin, had taken a break from serving in his roles as a teaching pastor to help his wife work through the sudden onslaught of mental and emotional pain that she was battling. Paige Hilkin had also recently admitted herself into a clinic. She had just checked into one of the top places in the nation, one of the best clinics that deals with what she was going through. But sadly, it wasn't enough, they write in the article. Tragically, Paige lost her battle with her mental health diagnoses, taking her life in a world-class mental health facility in Arizona, her Go- the GoFundMe page explains. And the reason this hit so hard for me is because I've been in the same place that that woman was in. She was a, a wife and a mother of five, and it tore me up. And back in 2007, 8 and 9, I went through the same hell she went through where I was having anxiety attacks, panic attacks, depression, the emotional turmoil that they, he wrote about in that article, I was going through all of that. My mind was being assaulted with all sorts of thoughts about hopelessness and despair and God has left you. And this went on for about three years straight. With little in the way of relief, I went to a ton of doctors. And even back when we, this was when we lived in Colorado, I even saw what what, what I was told was the top doctor in these issues in Colorado Springs, and everything the medical establishment was doing to me was making me 10 times worse. I didn't understand it because, you know, when you, when somebody puts on a white coat, all of a sudden they become a moral authority and you think they they know everything. But what I learned the hard way is the brain <laughs> is the only organ where most doctors will pres- prescribe something like an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication and all they're doing is they're taking their best guess according to the symptoms that you're you're telling them. And everybody's brain is wired differently. So medications that work for one person can be horrible and make another person worse. And that's exactly what I went through for three years straight. And when somebody's going through that hell, just saying, I'll pray for you, that's great, but you have to understand they're in severe spiritual warfare. The enemy is trying to destroy their life. Spiritual warfare is involved. There's the chemical and the body chemistry side that's involved. People who are going through that need somebody who's walked through that hell. And today I can say I'm blessed to have not gone through that because now I can help other people. But when I read the story of this, this young woman who committed suicide in one of the best mental health facilities around, it brought back all those memories and reminded me once again, people's lives are being destroyed these days. So what is God showing us? He's showing us that 
There's a lot of arrogance in the church. There's a ton of sexual sin in the church. And many people's lives are being destroyed. The sexual sin part is not just about sin. It's also about lives being destroyed. It's about marriages being torn apart. It's about wives having their guts ripped out. It's about families losing their father most of the time because most of the time it is dead. It's about men losing their voice, losing their character, and losing their courage. So this is like a tsunami that's wiping out the church. And you see the consequences of this when you see so many people walking away from the church right now, particularly our youth. Youth are just flocking and running away. So the times we're living in are very dangerous. A new survey, another survey I'm going to read, came out, just said that only 36% of Americans say their faith has given them hope during this COVID time in the last year, year and a half. More Americans say fear is the feeling they seek to avoid the most. LifeWay Research, a a research division of the Southern Baptist Convention released a new poll titled Americans' Views on Emotions Emotions and Adversity. And they were allowed to choose all that apply from a list of responses. The top source of hope for U.S. adults was the kindness that people have shown, 40%, followed by relationships, then my religious faith, 36%, and then stable finances right after that. So people are saying they're putting their hope in other people and money. That's two-thirds, and then the rest on God. People will always fail us, and they're not always going to be around. Without God, there is no hope. And without God, how can you have a, a true anchor to overcome fear? So we've. this is more evidence that we're missing the boat and we're not equipping people for the times that we're living in. Just this morning, as I was getting ready to leave, this article was posted on the Christian Post. And this is from a pastor who wrote... And he says, over the last few decades, Americans have seen the destruction of the institution of marriage, the removal of God's word in several areas, and the embracing of CRT. Many pulpits are silent about governmental abuse, the LGBTQ agenda, the blatant murdering of millions of babies, and I would add the sexual depravity in and outside of the church. This is an indictment against America and the pulpit is partially responsible Our silence speaks volumes. Are we pastors, watchmen, or cowards? And then I'll read from Eric Metaxas wrote a biography on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he wrote, Bonhoeffer saw that a large part of the problem was Lutheran theological education, which produced not disciples of Christ, but out-of-touch theologians and clerics whose ability to live the Christian life and to help others live that life was not much in evidence. The rubber and the road were strangers and the church was out of touch with the people to whom it was supposed to minister. And I bring this up because I see it all the time today when, it's, when you go to church on Sunday, it's, there's this bizarre disconnect from reality where it's, none of this stuff is mentioned the sexual depravity in the church, the pride and the arrogance, the pride and the arrogance of the church. It doesn't have 
to deal with such sins, that doesn't have to face the fact that lives are being destroyed left or right in and inside of every single church. The church that isn't facing the idea that our culture is crumbling and collapsing around us. This this is not far from the days of World War II Germany when Hitler came to power. That's why I read that quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's autobiography. So we have to realize that what has to happen is on our, in our Sunday morning services at church, the most powerful thing we can do right now is not preach a sermon. We've got more sermons and knowledge and theology than good sense. The problem is we're not doing what the book says to do. So James 5.16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Vance Havner was a late evangelist who wrote books from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And he wrote that at that time, the best thing that the churches could do in the state they were in in that day was for everybody to shut the services down and get their relationships right with God. You do that through confessing your sin and prayer, those two things. So if we start focusing on confessing our sins and prayer and we begin with our pride and our anger and arrogance, right out the door that is blocking us from facing our sin and we take our eyes off the world momentarily and off the things that are happening in the government, off of all the insanity and go to God and say, God, show me my sin. Convict me of my sin. Convict my church of its sin. And then we become houses of prayer. There was, there's a church that I know of near where we, where we live and they have one prayer meeting a month, and they have that one prayer meeting a month with, I think, three or four other churches in the city, and maybe 20 or 30 people show up. So you got three or four churches doing one prayer meeting a month, and three or four people show up. We should be having, every church should be having one prayer meeting every Wednesday night, but those are pretty much evaporated from the U.S. church, from the American church. Some people talk about how prayer was evicted from the schools in the 1960s, in the early 60s. Um, I'm in my late 50s, and some of you may not be old enough to remember, there was a time when prayer was alive and, and well in public schools, but it was evicted in the early 60s. It's also been evicted from the American church. And Leonard Ravenhill once said that no man is more powerful than his prayer life. And at the same time, no church is more powerful than their prayer life. Go back to the book of Job and what happened. They were warned by Job, in 40 days you're toast. And then we read that they put sackcloth on, which is a symbol of brokenness and humility. They confess their sins. And they cried out mightily to God, and that was all they did. They had no churches. They had no seminaries. They had no Bible colleges. And maybe that's our problem is we've gotten so smart we're stupid. It's, it's the simplest thing in the world, if, but it comes down to our pride is blocking us. Well, this is the only way to, we do church with a worship band and a teaching that leads everybody in their little comfort bubble and we don't talk about the hard issues. We let everybody walk out feeling nice and soft and comfortable. And nobody is challenged to live their life in a powerful way that counts for eternity. 
And I would just add to that, each and every one of you who are Christians should be spending an hour alone with God every single day. We need your we need prayer desperately right now, and the church needs to become a house of prayer desperately right now. So that is my challenge to all of us, is we got to get on our knees Sunday mornings during our church services. we got to get on our knees at home, and we got to start. And the easy thing in the church service, you just break people up into small groups of two or three, have everybody share what how they're doing. You set the standards for what a safe church is about, and you give everybody 20 to 30 minutes to share and pray for each other. That's James 5.16. And then you come together for corporate prayer for the last 20 to 30 minutes. Those church services will be more, more powerful than the average American church service. I guarantee you. The times we're living in is dark and people's lives are being destroyed. We cannot think that status quo Christianity is working and we can't go back to that. Thank you for joining today and I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.